Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Ephesians chapter number five. And uh, oh yeah, uh, the the ushers are going to come through with the children's outline. And so kids, if you did not get an outline, uh, they'll hand one of those to you so you can get a prize in the back. And uh, I was just uh, made aware that my, uh, one of my pictures isn't working, so I'm just going to give a little instruction real quick before I start. Um, just open the photo and convert it to a JPEG. And uh, it should be uh, saved on the desktop, and then you can upload it to my slide presentation. I apologize for that. That was my fault there. And uh, I'm, I think uh, for some reason our iPhone is not transferring the photos correctly. Ephesians chapter number five, and uh, every time I preach, I'm extremely grateful uh, for our pastor allowing me the opportunity to bring God's word, and uh, like Sammy said this morning, I do echo uh, what he said. I definitely don't, uh, I definitely miss having him here. I love being in God's house regardless, but uh, it's definitely extra special when he's here, and so we miss him and looking forward to hearing him uh, again next week during Sunday morning, and then Sunday evening, we're having that picnic together, that Memorial Day barbecue. We're going to have a really great time uh, for that, and so come prepared, bring some food with you, and uh, if you're competitive, uh, we'll be definitely having some competitive games, maybe some ultimate frisbee, some kickball, and a little basketball over there, a bunch of different activities. If you're not competitive, it's okay. You can have a good time watching old men yell at each other, and so we'll have some fun time uh, tonight. I am aware of the time. It's 520, okay? And uh, I was made aware uh, multiple times that there's a game going on this evening and uh, between uh, the, uh, the Dallas Mavericks and another team uh, that's participating. And uh, Brother DJ, uh, I know he, uh, he wants me to hurry so we can get home. Uh, but I'm just feeling uh, the Lord's leading tonight uh, to bring a, uh, a long message this evening. Do we have it recorded, Brother DJ? No, no, no. He's not, he's not even thinking about it. It's not even on your radar. And, uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, the message. Ephesians chapter number five. Todd told me uh, before I got up, uh, quality over quantity. So um, that's what we're rolling with tonight, quality over quantity. That's what they told us when we, uh, we did sales, Todd, selling solar. Uh, they would always tell us quality over quantity. Ephesians chapter number five. And uh, we're going to be looking at the first 20 verses of, in Ephesians chapter number five. Uh, But we'll start off just reading one verse together, and then we'll really dissect uh, the rest of the 20 verses here throughout the entire message uh, this evening. Ephesians 5 and verse number 1 tells us this, be ye followers, be therefore followers of God. Be therefore followers of God. Lord, I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach this evening. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help me to clearly communicate what you've given me from your word, from this great book. And Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us as uh, we look at the theme tonight of being a forever follower. I pray that you would help us uh, to grow in our love and our walk with you as we seek to be more committed, better followers of Jesus Christ. Regardless of our age, our position, our status, You've called each of us to be committed followers of Jesus, so I pray that you would help us 
in this very important topic this evening. We pray in your name. Amen. Many of you know that Pastor, our pastor, is the ultimate adventurer. And uh, we've been on some amazing adventures, and uh, whether we're on a missions trip or uh, different activities and things, he loves to uh, adventure. And for me, I'm not a huge adventurer, okay? I don't really, uh, for me, a a vacation is not that, I I don't like going to the outdoors, I don't like being involved in a lot of activities. For me, a nice vacation is just sitting by the pool, kind of doing nothing, relaxing, and that for me is a great vacation. And so, but sometimes when I'm with pastor, we get pulled into these fun adventures. And so this one specific adventure is uh, a time where uh, the group of us, you may have heard about this story, a group of us went kayaking. And so I think we have a picture. Were we able to get that photo up, TJ? Oh, no, we weren't able to. It's okay. Okay, just imagine a photo of us uh, kayaking there. And so uh, it was uh, me and my wife, uh, Pastor and Tiffany, Sammy and Ileana, um, who else were there? Sandy and Marquise. I think somebody else was there too. If I had the picture, I'd know. Uh, But there was a few of us that went on this kayaking trip, and it was probably one of my favorite memories uh, of our staff together. This was an unbelievable experience. Do we have the second photo? We can at least show the uh, the, uh, second photo there. There we go. We're kayaking there. There's me and my wife and uh, my white preacher legs there uh, that you can see on the the big screen there. And so that that is us uh, going uh, kayaking. As you can see behind us, that is the point that we are kayaking to. And so from that position, like when when you first get in the kayak, it really doesn't look like it's that far away. I mean, it looks far, but it looks like it's an attainable goal, right? Like this is something that I can easily attain, that we're going to be able to achieve. We're going to be able to reach this point. And so we're excited. I, I do love like swimming. I was a lifeguard and I enjoy swimming. I enjoy being in the ocean. I grew up in Huntington Beach. I've been on kayaks and paddle boards and everything like that. But this experience was so fun for so many different reasons. Uh, from, uh, from Joanne having to kayak herself Uh, with Doug in the back just dry heaving for three hours, uncontrollably dry heaving. And Joanne, she is like the ultimate champion. Like she was, she kayaked the entire time and Doug's just sitting. I don't even know how he did it. He's literally, you can see those kayaks, they have a seat there. He like broke his seat and is just laying on the back of that kayak where I'm sitting, head back just the entire time. I don't, I don't want to make noises right now, but just imagine Doug just absolutely just dry heaving. It was, it was, it was hilarious. And then, and then on top of that, this is like pre-fit Sammy, okay? So we have Pastor, Pastor Sammy now, you know, he's slimmed down, he's been working out, been doing hit classes. This is pre-Sammy like hit classes, okay? And so we're going there, we're going to this peak, and, and, and we turn around, and Sammy is just like, I mean, I don't know, it seemed like miles behind us, you know? And uh, so the, the guy literally had to uh, tow Sammy to this peak, you know? Like, just so many amazing memories to when we got to the peak, we were supposed to go in, and the guy told us, hey, listen, if you jump off, it's very difficult to get back on, okay? So if you don't feel comfortable getting back on the kayak, don't jump off. So a few people decided they weren't going to jump off, and Doug and Joanne were one of those people. <laughs> And so the entire time they're sitting on the kayak, we were snorkeling for probably 15, 20 minutes or something. Joanne and Doug are staying on the kayak. They didn't jump in. And then right as we're about to leave, I don't know what happens, but Doug and Joanne just tip the entire boat over. And all you hear is Doug yell, Joanne, are you kidding me? And, and this is just like 
for me, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm crying laughing, pastor's over here screaming, like, this is just one of the greatest experiences ever in my entire life, and uh, it was miserable, like, my arms were absolutely killing me, like, I got, like, big spaghetti arms, you know, that I'm trying to, like, paddle the whole time and trying to act like I'm tough, you know, my wife is pregnant, like, this is just, this is just the most amazing experience ever, but during that experience, as we're going there, you can see that peak there, and that was our goal. That was our goal, right? We were, we were looking to that peak. We were, we were looking to the peak, and we were, man, we were trying to get there, and that was the goal, to reach the peak. And we had a guide that, te- that told us over and over again, don't get ahead of me, don't get ahead of me. You know, that changed when he had to go back and get Sammy. But he kept telling us, don't go ahead of me, you know, don't go ahead of me. Like, I, follow me, follow me, follow me, and we're going to this peak. And it just seemed like an impossible task, right? That we were never going to be able to reach this. It seemed like it was getting further and further away. And honestly, it felt like we were out there for 20 hours, which it was probably two and a half or three hours. But we kept our eye on that peak and we just kept pushing forward. And, and we, were, we were so excited when we finally reached that point. And then when we returned, we were focusing on that beach and we were kayaking and pushing to that beach and exhausted. We all got to the beach and ate like the biggest breakfast ever. Like it was just an unbelievable, unbelievably hard thing. But we looked to that goal and knew that that was where we needed to be. That was what we were supposed to be looking for. And tonight, I want to challenge each of us Christians, as we continue to follow after God as Christians, that that Paul wrote for us here, you followers of God, no matter your age or stage in life, for each of us here, we should be called, we are called to be forever followers of God, following after God. Like we were following after that peak to get there tonight, I want each of us to understand that we are called to be forever followers. You see, the Apostle Paul was writing this book to the people of Ephesus and is really helping them as these are some new believers here. These are some new believers in Ephesus, and he was really challenging them and giving them some great foundational truths. These are new converts. Once these non-believers that did, acted, and worshipped whoever and whatever they wanted. These are new converts, and Paul was instructing them by possibly uh, one of the greatest Bible teachers that we've ever seen to live on this earth. Paul is instructing them and admonishing them to be committed followers of Jesus. And we find in Ephesians 5 that the apostle challenged the listener to be followers of God. It's interesting to me here that Christ says the following after that. He says, be followers of God as dear children. As dear children. He makes that analogy of a child. You see, kids often look like their parents. They act like their parents. And they even begin to think like their parents. They resemble their parents. It's funny to see, uh, now that we have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, our, our kids starting to pick up like little things that we do and things that we say, right? And uh, some of it is great and some of it's bad. My wife will sometimes hit me and be like, Brian, you can't say that. Like, he's repeating what you're saying, right? I'm not like, you know, dropping four-letter words, okay? I'm just, you know, I'm giving an example here. And so, you know, my wife will say, like, he's listening to you, he's listening to you. And it's funny, the other, the other day we were at my house and, and uh, I left, I, I believe I left my, like, plate and my food uh, on the counter and I got up and left. And I wasn't thinking, you know, I usually clean my dishes up, but I left them there. And uh, I think my wife said, like, Chandler, you know, you need to go take that to the sink. And Chandler literally says, looks at my wife and says, no, I'm big like daddy. (laughs) He's like, no, I'm big like daddy. I was like, first of all, you're not. (laughs) But he saw, he saw me acting a certain way, and what was he doing? He He was repeating and resembling exactly what I was doing. 
It's like, I, I don't have to do that because I'm big like daddy. Be- because daddy did this, I don't have to do this either, right? And that's what Christ is telling us here. This is the picture Christ paints for us. Like a child looks and acts like their parents, so should we as Christians resemble Christ. In Ephesians here, Paul is urging the Christians in the church in Ephesus to resemble, resemble Christ. So quickly tonight, we're going to look at five traits of a healthy follower of Jesus. Five important, valuable traits of a healthy follower of Jesus. Number one, we see in verse number two, followers of Jesus express love. Followers express love. It says this, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Paul instructs each of us that if we want to intently follow after God, we must first walk in love. I find it interesting that Paul says walk in love as Christ has also loved us. It seems to me that he's sharing that the love of God, that love of God is extended to each of us. He says to us. You see, there's not one of us who who has experienced a greater love from God. That love is for each of us. He doesn't select who he will love more or less, who will receive a greater love than another. The Bible just says he loves us. So we should extend that love to others. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. This truth is repeated and repeated and repeated all throughout Scripture. If we are truly to follow after God, we must show love one to another. No other greater commandment has ever been given, that we love God and we love others. There's nothing greater that we can give in this life other than love. No amount of money, no amount of praise, of appreciation will ever be enough. It'll never be enough. So what can we give? We can give love. We can express love. You see, our world is searching for something, desperately searching for something. People are searching for worth, and they're trying to find confidence in themselves or in people or in a relationship, in success. But their only place they're going to find that satisfaction is in Jesus and his love. And we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are called to extend that love. We're called to show and to express love. And Paul challenges us here to walk in love, even as Christ has loved us. And there's no greater love than Christ has shown to us, right? And so the love that we show to others needs to be great. And we'll never be able to match the love that Christ shows us. Never. But I need to do everything in my power to love people, because Christ has commanded me to walk in love. Secondly, secondly, committed followers of Christ. We see followers walk carefully. Followers walk carefully. We look here in verses 3 through 15. What do I mean by walk carefully? You see, here in the next 13 verses, Christ lays out for us a warning. And Paul writes a warning here to this church. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh the saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man 
who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, I love this, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things, even to speak of those things, which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You see, Paul is speaking to some new converts here, some new believers, and he sends them a warning. Sends them a warning that these believers should have no works with the darkness, but rather with the light. And as we just heard this morning from Pastor Sammy's message from the book of John about the woman at the well, Jesus told her, go and sin no more. And Paul is admonishing us this, same, this very same thing. Paul tells these believers to not be involved in these things that contradict who Jesus is and why he came to this earth. As followers of Jesus, we are called to imitate our Savior, to be like our Savior, to act like our Savior, to think like our Savior, to love like our Savior. We are to resemble our Savior, and these are not characteristics that represent Him. Verse number eight, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. Paul says, listen, you were, you were once involved in this wickedness and this darkness, but now as a follower of Christ, you need to be walking in the light. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. You see, when we accept Christ, our lives should be different. They should look different. The way we live should be different. We're not going to be perfect. We understand that. But we are called to be a forever follower, a forever committed follower of Jesus, following after Jesus and letting go of these things of the past, and living a life that reflects Christ. Thirdly, I see this. Thirdly, committed followers of Jesus are intentional. They're intentional. Look at me in verse number 16. The Bible says this, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Intentional about how we live. Intentional about the decisions we make. You see, we understand this truth, but I would say that for myself included, this probably is something that I struggle with more than any other thing. You see, we... We never seem to prioritize our time correctly. We often are not using our time, any of our time, for the purpose of building his kingdom. We become consumed with building ourselves, building our schedule. See, Satan loves nothing more than to take a good thing in our life and use it to distract us from growing in our relationship with Jesus. See, even a good thing can become a bad thing if it becomes the most important thing in our life. Satan will use things in our life like Paul mentioned here in verse number 3 and 15, but very often he uses this area of our time. He uses good things to distract us from doing the will of God. 
He uses good things in our life, things like uh, uh, that we're involved in, like extracurricular activities or uh, sports or, or entertainment or whatever it is, and he uses good things to fill our schedules so that we're not pouring into our relationship with God. We're not being the hands and feet of Jesus. We're not showing love to that neighbor who desperately needs it. He'll use anything to distract us and keep us from doing something for God. And just as much as we should not allow those things that we mentioned earlier in our life, we also need to be careful to not allow our time and our schedules to become a distraction from us doing something for God. Because I understand everyone's busy. My family's busy as well. We all have things going on. And as the kids get older, I, I know my schedule is only going to become more packed. But I, myself, this is something that God has been speaking to me. I need to be intentional about my time. Additionally, he tells us not to be unwise, but to understand what God's will is. You see, we'll only be able to understand what the Lord wants for us if we stay connected to him. I like to call myself the master gift giver. I wasn't always like this, okay? I wasn't always the master gift giver. I think one year when I was like 13 or something like that, I gave my mom an extension cord for Christmas, okay? <laughs> she said she needed it. I was being practical, okay? But you know what allowed me to become the master gift giver? Getting married. That allowed me to become the master gift giver. You see, for my wife growing up and her family, birthdays and Christmas are a big thing. And for me they were as well, but we didn't really buy things for our siblings. My mom would just buy something and we would put her name on it, right? <laughs> but for her, it was like, it was, that's, that was a big thing. And so our first year of marriage, I think she told me a few things she wanted, and I was, you know, yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, 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 okay. But I decided that I was going to get her something myself, like I was going to go choose it, okay? Bad idea, a <laughs> real bad idea. And I was like, you know, I see her, you know, using this Bible. I think it'd be really nice to get her like an engraved Bible, okay? Bad idea. She can buy a Bible whenever she wants. Like, she's like, I, she has a Bible, right? So I got her this engraved Bible. She's going to get mad at me. She's watching on a live stream at home with the boys that are sick. She's going to be like, don't tell people I was upset that you got a Bible. <laughs> and then I got her this electric photo frame, right? You know, that like spins through photos that like only like, you know, CEOs have at their office desk. <laughs> And that's what I got her. And I'm sure she asked for some like beauty counter stuff or, you know, some makeup or a nice outfit or some jewelry or something. But I was like, I'm going to get this for her. And you know what I learned? If I wanted to avoid messing up, it was just easier for me to just ask her and communicate with her. So I've learned, okay? I've learned from this. All right? So Joshy, where's Joshy at? Come on up, Joshy. Come on up, buddy. I'm going to use, I'm going to use Joshy's help tonight, okay? Now, this is risky, Okay? But I'm going to try this. Joshy, tell me something. One more day. What's in one more okay, day? Um, What's in one more day? One more day. My birthday is coming up. His birthday is in one more day. Yes. How old are you turning? 22. 22. Okay. Now, Joshy has been telling me for like 65 days. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but he knows. He like knows the days. It's not like he's like, my birthday's tomorrow. Like, he'll come up to me and be like, 62 days. Like, he, he knows, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, this is risky, because you told me you wanted one thing, and then you changed it, okay? okay. But I'm going to ask you, what was the first thing you said you wanted for your birthday? Um, new shoes. New shoes. All right, Joshy, here's what we got here, okay? You ready? Joshy's birthday tomorrow. Woo! 
Let's see what we got here, okay? Okay. You ready? Open that up. Oh. All right. What do you think of those? Cool. Are those cool or what? Thank all right. You. All right. So I, I listened to what you had to say, right? Yeah. There you go. That's for you, buddy. Give Josh a round of applause. How old are you turning? 22. 22. 22. So he's been telling me, he's been telling me for like over 60 days, it's his birthday, right? It's coming up. And so what did I do? I, I, I listened to what he had to say. I had a conversation. Joshie, I didn't have to ask. My wife, sometimes I have to ask. Joshie didn't have to ask. He let me know, right? He, I, I said, what do you want for your birthday? And it was immediate. He said he wanted new shoes. Then he said, also AirPods. And I was like, I don't make that type of money, okay? <laughs> we can't be doing shoes and AirPods, all right? That'd be a real struggle, all right? And so I, I, I asked him. I just asked, well, what do you want? And so I've learned to become the master gift giver. It's very easy. Just ask, right? Just have a conversation. I communicated with him. I said, what do you want for your birthday? And with God, if I want to understand and know his will for my life, it just takes communication with him. It's very simple. I just need to communicate with him. I need to ask. The Bible says that he gives an answer to everyone that asketh. You see, these things go hand in hand. Prioritizing our time and making time for God will lead us to understanding his will for our life. You see, a committed follower of Jesus, a committed follower of Christ, they're intentional. They're intentional about their time and how they value their time. And they're intentional about spending time with him and getting to know him. I say this all the time when counseling teenagers. How do I, how do I know God's will for my life? How do I know what God wants for me? Sometimes we overcomplicate it, wanting this like grand, like audible voice from God where he's like, you should go to USC. Like, that's not going to happen. It's not how God operates. You know, the Bible says he gives us the desires of our heart. And that doesn't mean I could just, well, I want a PS5, I'm going to get a PS5, or I want to do this, and I'm going to do this. No, God works if, 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 my, if I'm aligned with God, and I'm spending time in his word, and I'm, I'm being a committed follower of Jesus. God directs our steps. He directs our steps. He makes it very obvious what door to open, what door to keep shut, what steps he wants me to take, where he wants me to go. It takes a healthy communication with God and, and time with him and investing that time. A committed follower of Christ prioritizes their time. Next, I see this. Followers, committed followers of Christ are carefully influenced. Carefully influenced. The Bible says this in verse number 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Here Paul warns the listener to guard your influences. See, these new converts were once living lives that led to drinking and worshiping other gods. And Paul writes to them and says, you're no longer, you should no longer be living to fill yourself with this substance that affects your decision making and understanding what God's will is, but rather to be filled with the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit and let His Spirit guide you in helping discern what is right and wrong. And in verse number 19, he tells us, to allow these songs that are filled with scripture and great doctrine and truth, to allow those things to influence you. 
See, the right, the, the right committed follower of Christ is careful of the influences they allowed in their life. Carefully allow certain influences in our life. And I know that Christ specifically is talking about music, but in anything in our life. Relationships, music, entertainment, whatever it is, allowing certain things that help us to be a more committed follower of Christ. We are called to be forever followers, forever followers of Christ. As long as, as many days as God gives us on this earth, I'm committed to greater follower after Christ, to become a more committed follower of Jesus. Fill our lives with things that are going to help me and influencing me, and influence me to be a better, more, more, a stronger, committed follower of Christ. He uses the illustration of music because music is powerful. The words we sing are powerful. The things we say are powerful. Be careful what you allow to influence you, myself included. A committed follower of Christ is careful about, about what they allow to influence them. Lastly, I see this, this beautiful picture in verse number 20. Ephesians 5 and verse number 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Followers recognize the one who's worthy. Committed followers of Christ recognize the one who is worthy. Continually recognizing and giving thanks to the one who is worthy. Followers recognize what we have in Christ. We show gratitude and admiration to our Father, always giving thanks. 174 different times in scripture, God tells us to give thanks. The importance, it writes the importance of giving thanks to God repeatedly. God uses human writers to stress that very important truth of giving thanks to God. Not spending a day in November thanking him, but rather living in a state of thanksgiving. You see, Paul wrote this, uh, it's believed that Paul wrote this book in a prison cell in Rome, and he told us to give thanks. A man who lived what he preached, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul recognized that he's worthy. And something I want to challenge each of us with tonight, if we get one truth from this, as we become, as we strive to become more committed followers of Christ, why, why are we going to implement these things? Why is it important to express love? Why is it important that we walk carefully? Why is it important that we are intentional with our time? Why are we careful to allow certain influences in our life? Because he's worthy. It's as simple as that. I don't need any grander explanation. I don't need any specific words that are going to try to motivate you. I don't need some great illustration or some powerful speech or some amazing, beautifully written poem. He's worthy. He's worthy. Why do I do what I do? Because he's worthy. Why am I careful about the things that I say and the way that I live and the influences I around in my life? Because he is worthy. What point was for you this evening? In what area do you need to become and improve to become a better committed follower of Christ? What area do I need to change in my life? And do I, do I truly express love? Would someone say that about me? That Ryan shows the love of Christ to everyone he comes in contact with. 
The people that come in contact with me, God brings those people to me for a reason. Do I express love? Do I walk carefully? Am I intentional about how I use my time? Am I careful to allow certain influences in my life? At the heart of the city of London is a place called Caring Cross. All distances across the city are measured from its central point. Locals refer to it simply as the cross in London. One day, a child became lost in this huge city. I've, I've been to London before. We, uh, my wife's uh, family, they were um, missionaries in a place called Stoke-on-Trent, which is about an hour and a half outside of London. And so I, I had the opportunity to go there, and it is like, it is crazy. I was 20 years old, and I, it, it could have been easy for me to get lost. I had GPS, so that was a little bit of a help, but... A city police officer saw the child and tried to help him return to his family. And, and this police officer was just asking question after question after question, just continually, like, like trying to figure out, where's your home, where's your family, like how can I get you to the right spot? How can I help you get, get to your family and, and find your family to find your house? And after such a long conversation and so many questions, the police officer got nowhere, becoming frustrated. He looked at the boy and said, is there anything that can help you? Is there any way I can find your family? With tears streaming down the boy's face, he said, if you'll take me to the cross, I think I can find my way. If you take me to the cross, I think I can find my way. What a great description of the Christian life. The cross is both the starting place of a new life in Christ, but also the place we must return to time and time again. If you take me to the cross, I think I'll be okay. You help me find the cross, I'll be all right. Tonight, I want to urge you, return to the cross. If you feel lost tonight, you feel off track, you want to get back on track. You feel confused, you feel hurt, you feel like you haven't been living the way God has called you to live, Find the cross and forever be a committed follower of the one who's worthy. He's worthy of it all. And let's forever be a follower. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.